Well, I want to thank the Packwood Locker, uh, soon to be Griner Meats and Grocery of Richland, Iowa, for their uh, help with this program, and a brand new sponsor, Wester Drugs of Wilton and Muscatine. They've come on board to help us out, as well as Wayland State Bank, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, McDonald's Boneyard of Kyoto, Iowa, R&B Breaks of Dubuque, B&B Propane, Elsie's Kitchen.net of Copic. Thanks for, I will thank these sponsors and enjoy the program. Well, we want to thank the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, uh, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa, for the tonight's, uh, uh, or today's episode of the Scoreboard Review, I guess we'll call that. We put a quick one out last night, but we got Andy Kressinger of the Southeast Iowa Union on board. Uh, uh, he's going to give us a, uh, a rundown of some of last night's game, and then he's going to preview the 3A and 4A area games. Welcome program, Andy. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, it was one exciting night last night. Uh, I believe you were uh, at one of the one-run games last night, uh, New London's uh, win. I was. Well, let's give us a little quick, give us a little details about that game and uh, uh, how New London was able to push across the run and kind of uh, I, I I think that might be categorized as an upset. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You could categorize. I mean, it was a it was a four or five game, so it was a game that was supposed to be a one run game. But and New London had beaten them before, but you could really categorize it as an upset because they had to beat uh, Ethan Paisley, who's one of the the best uh, around um, Highlands Ace. You know, because of how the tournament bracket works, um, you can pitch your best pitcher in this first round because they don't play until the fifth. And so you can pitch them up to 90 pitches before they're, before they've pitched too long to pitch on Wednesday, basically. So for New London and Highland, both, they knew that the winner was going to play Notre Dame and they both went with their ace. Uh, Highland uh, went with Ethan Paisley. New London went with Brendan Ritchie and uh, they both, uh, they traded zeros through uh, five innings, zero, zero, zero. You know, there, there were a few base runners, but uh, both guys were overpowering um, hitters. Um, Paisley actually went over 100 strikeouts uh, on the season. I believe he's maybe second in that category. Um, and uh, the only run came across uh, in the top of the sixth. Um, it was Tate Welcher, the New London catcher. He uh, hit a little dribbler that just stayed fair inside the third baseline. And um, the throw over to first got past the first baseman. And it, it was one of those perfectly uh angled throws to where it got too far down after it got past him it hit the fence and was able to roll to where uh neither the right fielder or the second baseman could really come over and back up in time and so welcher uh, scampered on over to third so he was on third with nobody out um and they still it still took a while um paisley got the next two outs but then he was uh, he was at 90 pitches so he was pulled um Peyton Yegi came in and did a good job for highland but he did um, uh, he did uh, throw one over the catcher's head, a, a, a high wild pitch that scored that run, which was a courtesy runner. Um, and so that was the only run of the game. And then um, Highland had a kid on first the very next inning. Uh, Riley Reigns, who's an eighth grader for New London, uh, came on in right field on a little blooper where uh, the runner from first was was on his way probably around second to, to third to be uh, first and third and, and nobody else. But uh, Reigns made the catch and, and threw him out at first base, so that ended that thread a little bit, and then high, and then actually both teams loaded the base in the seventh and didn't score, but uh, Highland had that, that one uh, one more shot, bases loaded, two outs, 
Um, and there's a little, little flare out to shallow right, more, more uh, just behind second base. And uh, Kai Riggard is uh, another young kid for New London that's playing second base for them. And he was able to uh, kind of backpedal on and make the catch to end it. So uh, New London, uh, only their, uh, I believe, eighth one of the year. Um, but they're on to, to play uh, against uh, Notre Dame, a chance to pull off a big upset there. And um, and Brendan Ritchie. Uh, didn't throw 90 pitches, so he could. He's. Uh, I assume that he'll be on the bump uh, when they go to Notre Dame on Wednesday. Well, that sound, does sound like an exciting game. Uh, I'll just mention um, uh, the game I was at was uh, Wilton and Tipton, and uh, it was a crazy barn burner of a game. Uh, uh, Tipton got a couple runs early, and uh, kind of that seemed to give them a lot of confidence, you know. And uh, they were battling. Uh, Wilton scored, scratched in a run, I think, in the third. Another one in the fourth. Got it to two to two. Uh, um, Tipton scored another run, make it three to two. And then in the seventh inning, uh, man, they got one run and tied it up, and they had the bases loaded, and uh, uh, they hit the batter, you know. And uh-huh. and that's how that game ended. And that was the only lead Wilton had all night long. Uh, was one with two outs in the bottom of the seventh. Is, as they uh, uh, did what they had to do to advance. But uh, the, well, the theme I seemed last night was that the records didn't make any difference. Uh, uh-huh. As we'll we'll talk about the Danville game, uh, Danville had two wins, and they took uh, – uh, it took uh, Sigourney Tell two outs in the bottom of the same thing to win that game. You know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, do you have some, like, just kind of scores and rundowns of any area teams that you might have some interest in? Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, just just a comment on the Daniel thing. Baseball is the one sport where it's kind of uh, it's kind of geared towards upsets um, because the team that's supposed to lose can just throw their ace out there, you know, their best pitcher, and you got a strong enough guy that you're going to ride as long as he needs to. You know, if you're expected to win the game, usually the coach has something in his mind about you know who's going to pitch the next game and the next game and what gives them the best shot to to go as far as they can. So you kind of have to take a couple. Um, a couple of gambles, but uh, just in so when one a five, which is the new London Highland uh, game, uh, Moravia smoked uh, Moulton Udell twenty three to three. They'll play North Mahaska, who beat Twin Cedars two one. Uh, Hunter was at the Hillcrest Academy doubleheader. So no, that it, was exciting, from what I, I was told. Was it the Twin Cedars game? No, the uh, uh, this this Highland or uh, Hillcrest Academy series. Yes. Uh, well, uh, it was uh, a couple of really good pitching performances. So, so Hunter was over there. The first game was was um, Kyoto against Pekin, and that's a four-five game. So Kyoto, uh, it was same situation. Kyoto pitched uh, Aiden Anderson. Um, I don't see, see, see his pitch count here, but I'd assume that that uh, he wouldn't have pitched um, past ninety. But he struck ten batters out in a seven-win uh, seven-one win over Pekin. And then um, on and then uh, on the other side there, Hillcrest Academy, who's the who's one of the top seeds there, twelve uh, two over Lone Tree, and uh, Hunter was texting me. Uh, Liam Schrock hit a homer in the first inning, then he had a grand slam in the second inning, and then he had another solo homer later in the game. So he had three home runs and ended up with seven RBIs for uh, for Hillcrest Academy, and uh, and they kind of yeah, I mean, they only won by by ten. Uh, the uh, Lone Tree was able to take him to six innings. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's how it goes. So Hillcrest and, and is just, Grant the Mindbender added a three-run poke too. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. So man, just bombing it uh, for uh, Hillcrest. I actually did not even see that until you said that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. He texted. Yeah, Bender. Bender went three for three. You know, Bender hits pretty pretty low in the lineup. 
and I always see him with these uh, with these three for three, three for four type uh, type nights. So Hillcrest is just stacked top to bottom. You know, all all the names that you see are also names that were on either the state championship golf team or the basketball team that was really good. You know, these are all uh, they're they're one of our more generally more athletic uh, groups. And then they will play against, uh, and I assume, as I said, I assume that Kyoto's got Anderson uh, all ready to go on uh, Wednesday against Hillcrest. So that'll be uh, uh, one of the better games, obviously, that uh, yeah. one of the more exciting games coming up. I, I think I can confirm that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, when Kyoto plays well, and when their defense plays well, and when their outfield plays, uh, can play superbly, you know, and – if Evan Vivito can hit in that game and if Tanner can get his two hits and, you know, they're kind of a, they're, they're, they at least have the capacity to really play uh, uh, way above their uh, heads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder when the last time I actually just clicked on the Hillcrest, uh, Hillcrest and Pekin haven't, or Hillcrest and Kyoto haven't played since 2018. That's the only time in the last 12 years they've played 16, seven. So they're pretty, they're close quarters, but they don't really, oh, they're a little close quarters, but they don't really play very, uh, very much against each other so that'll be really interesting to see uh you know P- Kyoto has shown that it can play with a lot of the better teams especially when they've got their top pitching out there um so uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can pull one on them and um obviously Hillcrest is able to uh be at full strength as well um uh, so that'll be a really cool uh, uh you know in- uh, unstoppable force versus immovable object uh, situation uh, um, with that Hillcrest lineup well for certain well uh what other scores, area scores? There's a lot of really exciting action in, the, in this part of the state last night. Uh, what else yeah. do, you, do you know about? Yeah, we had, so we'll all jump to 2A5, which is uh, our local 2A bracket. Um, so you were at the Wilton-Tipton game, 4-3 Wilton, and West Liberty, uh, uh, B West branch 6-2. So Wilton will go to Mid-Prairie. West Liberty will go to Durant on that side. And then Winfield-Mount Union, uh, well, Winfield-Mount Union slash Columbus, 11-3 winners over Lone Tree. Um, Cole Milks hit a homer. I, I saw him hit a homer uh, earlier this year. Uh, and Andrew Brown was able to pitch a complete game in that. And then uh, Lane Ginkinger, uh, Ginkinger well, had wasn't a, that, a... Wasn't that Louisa Muscatine they played? Oh, did I say... What did I say? You said Lone Tree. Uh, I always do that between those two schools. Yes, uh, went to Union Columbus uh, at, uh, against Lone Tree. Or, sorry, it was Lone Tree that got beat by uh, uh, Hillcrest like that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Louisa Muscatine. So... Um, so that's uh, a big one for uh, uh, for the Wolves there, and we, we you know it's been a while since either WMU or Columbus has won a, a playoff game. Uh, yeah, I was, gonna, I was wondering how long that was, but but isn't that a, that's a great step for Winfield uh, Mount Union Columbus combo uh, to get a win in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. uh, as they just, I think last year was kind of uh, putting the program together for the first time. Yeah, well, kind of, and as I said, you know, the, those two teams struggled so much to where. A lot of times it would be if, if there was a nine-team bracket, it would be Winfield versus Columbus to see who goes into the, you know, they would they would basically play a play-in game against each other. And so uh, now they're at, they're at Van Buren County on um, on Thursday night, and in fact, there's a playoff softball game and a playoff baseball game going on in Van Buren County at the exact same time. Why is uh, it on Thursday night? No, no, did I say Thursday? Yeah. Wednesday night. Wednesday, Wednesday night. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, I guess that would be back-to-back nights. Um, right? Or is that two way? Let me let me check here to make sure this uh, is two way. Yeah, two way Wednesday night. Yeah, you're right. Wednesday night. And then um they the winner of that uh doesn't know who they would play next because Central Lee and West Burlington got moved 
to um, the third, alleged. No, that's not true. They just haven't got their score. And do you know the Central Lee West Burlington score? No, we were trying to find that last night. That was the one, um, and we had a, a, I had a Jeff Mills on that, but, and he looked on the Twitter and, and, you know, every source he could find, and there's never been, but I didn't, I, I didn't hear that the game was canceled. I didn't hear that any games were canceled. I, well, I heard that that game was moved to, they has it as a, it was supposed to be at Van Buren County, although they have, they have that this game took place at seven o'clock at Mildred and Eddie Ferguson Sports Complex. Um, and then the Linfield Loiza Muscatine game is set for Van Buren High School. So I wonder if they'd play two games at the exact same time. I don't know how that worked out. Um, but Meepo is the favorite there. Um, you know, obviously we talked earlier about the chance that Meepo and, uh, Van Buren County would play in the, um, in the semifinals now, if you now if you look ahead, I you know I said earlier that you could pitch ninety um, yesterday and then pitch again on Wednesday. That's not the case moving forward because um, like Van Buren and Winfield will play on the fifth, and then the winner will play on the eighth. So if you're Van Buren County, you know you're obviously wanting to save some pitching just in case you're going against Mediapolis, who you just had a, a low scoring game against the other day. Um, so that could be you know that maybe works out in. The interest of Winfield Mount Union, where you're thinking maybe Van Buren County's not throwing, uh, you know, their top two guys against you or their top guy against you. So that kind of the coaching uh, chess match kind of starts um, here in this next round. Uh, but so far, uh, that's technically a little upset with the Winfield game. Uh, and other than that, as you know, as close as a lot of the games were, um, a lot of the favorites kind of were able to uh, fight out wins. All right. Well, is that pretty much the action? The small schools. From last yes, night? I, I think that's all that happened last night, small school baseball. All right, well, uh, well, I got you here, man. I, I, I'm dying to talk about those 3A teams, basically all these SEC teams in Burlington uh, yep. being the 4A uh, out of that bunch. Uh, 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 what do we got for matchups? I, I heard Fairfield and Mount Pleasant got a big matchup. Yes, and you, so you kind of always know that they're going to throw as many of the SEC teams, the SEC 3 teams, uh, 3A teams, which is everyone but Burlington, into the basically the same bracket minus maybe one or two and so Fort Madison, Keokuk, Mount Pleasant, and Fairfield all got in three A five. Um and Mount Pleasant and Fairfield got the four five. I kind of guessed that they would be a four five. You know, they're they're both right around five hundred teams. They're both right around five hundred in conference. Um so Mount Pleasant had the better uh season record and then Fairfield had the better conference record and then they uh, Fairfield has taken two out of three from Mount Pleasant. So the question I had was if that happens, who where would it be? And that will be in Mount Pleasant. So Mount Pleasant will be the home team in that. Uh, Fairfield comes in 14 and 17. Mount Pleasant comes in 12 and 11. Uh, the Trojans have beaten Mount Pleasant uh, twice. Uh, once in Mount Pleasant, uh, Tate Allen threw uh, through a gym, I think just allowed four hits over a no hitter, and uh, uh, and they had a big uh, um, couple of bust out innings uh, to win that one by a lot. And then in the nightcap. Um, that day in Mount Pleasant, it was a doubleheader, and uh, the Panthers won uh, a 7-6 on a hit-by-pitch uh, with the bases loaded. Carter Amos uh, got the uh, walk-off hit-by-pitch there. And now they, then they went into uh, the next game that Thursday in Fairfield, and, um, and it was an interesting situation where Mount Pleasant was up 3-0 in the top of the fourth with, with the bases loaded and nobody out. Fairfield got out of that and then scored nine in the next inning uh, to beat him there. So it's been a lot of punching back and forth. Uh, but Fairfield's definitely had the Panthers number so far this year. But um, it's uh, it's fun. It's a little, another chapter in the rivalry. And 
that's been one of our better baseball rivalries for sure in the past since I've really been working for the newspapers, you know. Um, it's, it's kind of been one of the more exciting games um, uh, between the two. In fact, I'm just looking through the last, let's see, seven times they've played. They've had four games that have been um, either one or two run games. Uh, it's very rarely a blowout beside, beside the fact that uh, Fairfield had that 13-0 earlier this year. So, um, And I don't know who, you know, you'd assume that, see, then the chess match comes back because, um, you know, Fairfield's Tate Allen really dominated Mount Pleasant. He's their number one. Um, but the winner of this game has to go probably play against Marion, uh, a top five team in 3A. So what do you do? Do you, uh, you know, do you, if you have a, a definite ace, do you pitch him against your rival and, and hope to knock out your rival? Or do you save him thinking then we'll have our best pitcher against, uh, against a ranked team? So that, that'll be interesting to see kind of how they go. And then now Pleasant has their, their, their main starters all kind of have been jumbled a little bit as far as who's performing the best. Um, so I don't, I don't even know who, to, who would I would guess. Maybe Ben Newton. Um, or, or Jake Ensminger might start that one against Fairfield. So, uh, so yeah, that's pretty interesting. And then, so Washington did not get in the same bracket as Mount Pleasant and Fairfield. They will be the seven seed in 3A, let me find it here, 3A4. Um, and they will go at, they're, well, they're playing at Assumption, but they're playing at North Scott High School. Assumption, uh, I believe, doesn't have lights, so they don't host uh, those games because they're at night. And so uh, Washington's only won four games, uh, and three of those are really early this year. I would imagine that uh, there will be no chess match, uh, you know, demon-wise uh, in that game. They're going to probably throw the kitchen sink. I would definitely um, guess that you might have an Isaac Vetter starting. Um, and then uh, relief-wise, they've, they've had Ethan Patterson come in uh, here late in the season. And he, he threw three inning, or he threw an inning against Mid-Prairie um, where he got three – he looked dominant with three strikeout performance. Uh, so I wonder if they're going to sprinkle him in there or uh, what they're going to do. But I'm guessing that um, I'm guessing that Washington is going to throw everything they have at Assumption. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, that uh, now those games are on the seventh. Those games are on the seventh, which is Friday. Yeah, okay, I get my so, days mixed up. Well, let me back it up a little bit for these uh, uh, smaller schools that are everybody's playing on the fifth. If the winners of that game, when will that game be? That's a good question. Let's see. That will be, I believe, on the tenth. Well, I, I think I was checking it earlier. Okay, well, so that will be the following the Monday. On the seventh or on the tenth. So hold on, let me see here. Maybe it's the ninth. It is the eighth. So, so it's, it's always Saturday. Wednesdays Saturday. and Saturdays. Yeah, so and are the are the are the three and four A's on Fridays and Mondays or or something opposite of these? Yeah. Well, they 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 are all similar days in between between rounds. So you usually get a three day rest. Uh, between before your next game, once you know in baseball, once you get past the opening round that we had yesterday, and so they, I mean, they have to. The scheduling is all messed up because not only do they have to, they, they try and spread out the the small school games and the big school games as much as they can, and then you also have softball happening at the same time, and so um, so usually there's just it it goes on a rotation. It's like you know one day small school baseball, one girls one day small school softball, one day's big school softball and big school baseball. You know they try not to put everything on the same night. Well, that's cool. That, that just helped me plan my programming. That's what I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to be yeah. and what night. And uh, but yeah, we are, and then of course uh, it, it sure looks. It always looks like a very busy schedule until after the second round. You looked and and usually however many teams you cover, you only have like four or five left anyway. So. Well, sounds very good. Well, uh, gosh, that's a, uh, uh, Burlington. I think they play uh, Davenport North or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, Burlington's in four, back in four, and they are 
playing in 4A6. So they will play at North Scott on the 7th. Oh, actually, let me see this. I just realized something, actually. Uh, didn't I just say that Was so Washington and Assumption play at North Scott at 5 o'clock? Yeah. So, yes, so that would mean, uh, and I didn't see this because they were on two different brackets until just now. So Washington and Assumption play at 5 o'clock. Burlington would be playing against North Scott after the Washington game. So it's a doubleheader. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So there's two playoff games back-to-back. And they just happen to have Southeast Conference teams in them, so maybe that's a a spot to go watch. I really think that uh, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know, uh, I haven't seen if I don't know if Washington's offense can uh, can hang with Assumption, but I could definitely see them uh, hanging on for a while with with the pitching in that one. So I think that's definitely worthwhile. And then Burlington, you, we've seen how dangerous they are. It's just hard to see them because I they believe play they split with North Scott earlier in the season. Oh well, there you go, and that that would. Uh, they're always. We saw in basketball a couple years ago, but you never. They never know where to put them. Oh yeah, Burlington won eight seven in uh, the first game, and North Scott won seventeen nothing in the second game. So yeah, but they, they they you know it does show that they got the capacity to win in a one game, and everybody. It seems like everyone does, don't they? Yeah, and I mean Burlington staff was stacked with talent too, so they they uh they could beat about anybody with with the guys they got on their team. Well, that sounds really good. Uh. Well, it's it's the playoffs men are here and it's fast and furious and it's right on top of us. And uh, between the, the the small schools and the big schools, it looks like there'll be action about three or four four nights a week or better. Yep, yep, for sure. If well, not five nights a week. <laughs> well, what about the uh, uh, the Southeast Iowa coverage? Uh, uh, you had a uh, uh, couple great ones uh, uh, that you got started out with. Um, you got any idea which ones you're going to be covering or, or how the, our listeners can uh, follow the playoffs to the Southeast Iowa Union? Yeah, for sure. Well, so we'll obviously every night we'll have uh, two of them that we're at. We'll have at least two of them that we're at live, Hunter and I, um, unless there's double headers, you know, they can, they can, like we had a lucky night last night where we had so many teams uh, in one. I would uh, about guarantee you we'll be at, um, uh, Fairfield and Mount Pleasant. Uh, I'm looking definitely at the Winfield versus uh, Van Buren County game. Um, but then we also will, you know, we also have the softball tournament going on at the same time. And so um, we have a big softball day, I believe, on uh, either, I think on Thursday night, the big school softball. There's a couple of big ones. Uh, and we'll have it, if we're there or we're not, we'll have it in the paper. So um, if you're a softball fan or a baseball fan, um, we'll have you on um, Monday through Friday. Uh, always local uh, sports, especially this time of year. Um, and so it'll just be filled with playoff baseball and softball stuff until uh, until everybody's out, which it goes pretty fast. But we'll see if we have anybody playing um, either in Carroll or Iowa City for, for baseball or, or, or Fort Dodge for softball. But um, you can also uh, catch us on Twitter at Union Sports page uh, where we um, you know tweet out the games that we're at and, and hopefully more scores than that. And then um, our show, Southeast Iowa Union Sports Talk Live, you can watch it anytime on um, Washington Live's Facebook, Mount Pleasant Live's Facebook, Fairfield Live's Facebook, um, our website, southeastiowaunion.com, or YouTube uh, and Spotify, both at Washington Live. So there are a lot of options to watch that. We talk about local sports uh, for – we're supposed to talk for 30 minutes. It usually ends up going for about 45 Um uh, and uh, but we usually kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about at the beginning of the show, so you can kind of skip through to to what you want to hear about. Um, and that is every Tuesday at one o'clock. It's live. 
this next week because of Independence Day being on the fourth or being on Tuesday. It'll be a Thursday show, which is right smack dab in the middle of all the uh, postseason stuff. Well, that so might we'll be a great, uh, great place to catch up on the on the action and uh, yeah. uh, get ready for the the, the big schools. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a. It'll be perfectly in the middle of of games that just happened and the games are about to happen. And then I'd imagine we're going right back to Tuesday shows the next week. So you'll have two and two shows in five days, which is sandwiched around the the majority of the action there. Well, um, you, go ahead. I was going to ask you: Have you ever had the opportunity to, to to see a game at West Liberty? No, I have not. So uh, we we were there uh, for I guess they call it the barn burning ceremony or. Uh, the opposite of the baptism. Uh, we were there for the last game that's ever going to be played on that field. And there's never been a level anywhere near that field. And it's got a lot of unique stuff to it with an incredibly high mound that's very short, just like a great big square piled up way up high. Uh, but it reminded me so much of all the ballparks I played on in the 70s. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I guess they're putting in a whole new sports complex, brand new football field, brand new baseball field. Uh, they're at the at the high school, but uh, uh, we closed that out last night. That was kind of neat. Uh, kind of uh, yeah. uh, it, it's it's always fun. Every every uh, ballpark's a little different, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And especially for some reason, when you get towards the river towns, like the northern, uh, if you get a little northeast of uh, of our area, it seems like uh, those those fields always have something little 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 differences. You know, starting with Mid Prairie over there. Um, a little north of, you know, they're kind of the northernmost of our uh, coverage area and um, and uh, the Hillcrest field and stuff like that. So I kind of noticed that too, or maybe I just get used to the ones down here, um, down south. But uh, that's true. Every baseball field you go to, uh, it's going to be a little different. Yeah, well, it's been, uh, uh, you know, if, if the rest of the playoffs, anything like the first night, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think so. Baseball, baseball is, the, you know, you all the chalk teams aren't going to win. There's going to be some big upsets, some big games. I remember Van Buren County's big upset of uh, Mediapolis last year being so surprising. So there's always going to be some uh, some big ones going on here. Um, and uh, so yeah, we got we got plenty of teams left. And I know that it they they uh, get rid of half the teams every single night they play. So it goes pretty fast and furious. Yeah, it definitely does. And uh, uh, as much as I like to play, I'll say. I do uh, am saddened uh, every time we get closer to the end of all this. Yeah, yeah, but then we're as closer to football season, so. Yeah, I am. I am. I know my listeners and Scotty Melvin is about beside himself, chomping at the bit about football. Was well, there anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? I don't think so. I think that, I think we're pretty pretty much good. It's been a busy uh, busy uh, start, and it'll be a pretty busy this next this next week will be one of the busiest that we have. Andy Kretzinger. Southeast Iowa Union, one of the hardest working men in all of uh, the business of covering sports, uh, take a little time out of his Sunday to be with us. Thanks for being with us, Andy. Thank you.